0: the savage bloggers network podcast this is episode four i'm christian Sorrento,
1: and i'm ron blessing in this episode we'll be discussing monsters and conventions and the denizens of nawan along with the road warriors but first we forgot to discuss something last time we uh
0: we did one of these things that's I think true it was like uh last week or something yeah so uh, last week we had the whole "ooh shiny" syndrome conversation, which was yes fun, uh, definitely. But there was an element of that that I actually wanted to touch on. I never got to. I totally forgot about it. A sort of mental connection I had made to a poll that Clint Black was running on both the Pinnacle forms as well as on G Plus, he might have run it in some other places, like maybe Facebook or something. But I don't know. It was know. on Facebook, yeah. Was it okay? Yeah, I don't have a Facebook account but anyway. The poll was to get a sense from GMs and players what the average length of their campaigns was in the number of sessions. The interesting thing to me, at least what I saw on the forums and and the Google Plus version, was that the range that had the largest number of responses was the 11 to 26 sessions range. And that got me really wondering a, a couple things as to why that might be. And this is just my own personal speculation. One, uh, we've talked about plot point campaigns being about 11 episodes, right? And then you have Savage Tales on top of that. So that could be somewhere between 11 to 26, right? That makes sense. The other thing I wondered was if it was also a factor of the Shiny Syndrome. If other savages or maybe Savage Worlds in general is just sort of uh, susceptible to the Shiny Syndrome because of all the different settings, all the genres it can cover, and all the different options that people might want to just explore, I think switching campaigns in Savage Worlds, I I think it's
1: easier than other games because how versatile Savage Worlds is. Um, A lot of people that play Savage just pretty much just play Savage Worlds. And so because of that, there's not that big of a pain point for the game master and to a lesser extent to the players because they're not having to learn a whole new set of rules. I've always been the ooh, shiny guy that will not just change the, the system or the setting, but I'll also change the system on people, which is why I get so much crap for it. But um, if you're just switching Savage Worlds campaigns, I mean, that's pretty easy to do.
0: No, I think you're spot on. And I even remember I think it was an episode of the Games of Thing with you and Veronica where you were talking about Firefly at one point, And I think Veronica has made the statement of, why don't we just do this with Savage Worlds?
1: She makes that statement with almost every setting idea <laughs> I come up with, and that hasn't changed. Although sometimes there's one other s- system that
0: she'll mention, but
1: yeah, Savage Worlds always comes up.
0: Right, absolutely. You know, and I was thinking about like other game systems, uh, well, particularly the granddaddy of them all, right, Dungeons and Dragons. You pretty much have one Dungeons and Dragons game. It's, it's going to be a fantasy campaign. The only thing you might change is settings. But most people who play D and D are fairly wedded to a particular setting whether it's Forgotten Realms or Greyhawk or, or Eberron. So I, I think it's less susceptible there. Or their own their own homebrew. Or their own homebrew. Granted, during the right. D20 era, they might try other D20 games, but you know, when it came to sure. fantasy roleplay, it was pretty much uh, some form of a uh, Wizards of the Coast D&D game. Absolutely. Yeah. No, agreed completely.
1: But yeah, that's, that's a good thing to think about, and it's definitely something to uh, keep in the back of your mind when you're thinking about switching games. Yeah. I think there's going to be a tendency when you're using a a system that has more universality than, say, a and d it's much easier to change settings on people.
0: Yeah, and I can imagine, too, let's say you and I were in a gaming group, you were my GM, and after a while, I'm like, man, Savage Rules is really cool. You know what I would really like to try running as a GM? But I might think of like some favorite setting of mine or some movie I saw or something. T V show T V show, sure. right. And then, oh yeah, let's give that a shot. We'll try it out and see how the group likes it, right? That's always trouble for Veronica and I will we'll be watching,
1: you know, a new a new show and be like, Oh man, this should be a, a role playing setting. Yeah. Like the movie Push, not great movie. Awesome setting. Right. <laughs> if you wanted to role play in it, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah. But you know, one of the other things that's um neat about Savage Worlds is the, the phenomenal community, which is why we're here. And I kinda wanna talk about the um monster builder. Oh yeah. That we saw on Savage Stuff. It's uh, Mm savage-stuff.blogspot.com, and this is really a neat little tool. It basically lets you choose special abilities and edges and and, uh, hindrances and such from the list and does a little bit of pre-calcing for you and, and helps you throw together monsters pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, it's a pretty cool little system. This is by uh, Richard Woolcock, a.k.a. Zadmar on the forums. What's kind of cool, too, is he actually has some options even at the end where you can say, show me a stat block for this or um, for his combat simulator. You can even get BB code to post it on the forums if you wanted to, as well as HTML markup and things like that. Fantasy Grounds XML he actually will output as well. Wow. Yeah, he's Yeah, he goes all out on these things. I would like to borrow some of his spare time. Yeah, no kidding, right? Yeah, if I had that kind of spare time, I would not use it wisely. Right, neither would I. (laughs) But yeah, I, I mean, I like this. Like, I can start off right off the bat, go with type, right? And I can go up there and I can say, you know, construct, ethereal, elemental, or ooze, or even a swarm. And I can say, breathes air, air and water, water only, doesn't breathe. A lot of the stuff is really sort of descriptive, and then he just sort of fills in the gaps. Some things aren't auto-calculated, like you know, you can pick a different run or a different pace, right? They're, they're independent, which is fine. Um, but like even size—that's all easy stuff. I mean, yeah, Savage Worlds makes that stuff easy. Yeah, it does. But even down to the size—is the character or the monster or whatever—is it the size of like a gorilla, bull, or bear? And then yeah. he's I, he's going to output that. I for I could you.
1: see using this as a as a brainstorming tool too. Oh not yeah, necessarily just. Oh, I need a monster that does X. I could see just looking through it and saying, Oh, dude, I hadn't thought about an aquatic monster that
0: shoots fireballs when it comes up for air. Yeah. No, it's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because that's exactly what happened to me when I first started playing with it. I just started brainstorming like different ideas. I think one of the options, special attack, is a breath weapon. I was like, oh, construct that breathes fire. That'd be awesome. We should
1: see if one of our listeners can write a one sheet involving a An aquatic monster that, when it comes up for air, shoots fireballs. I'm just saying that'd be pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. If somebody does that, that'd be cool. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. We'd we'd like we'd like mention you or something on the show. Uh, We would definitely do that. (laughs) Totally. (laughs) And maybe play maybe play your one sheet. (laughs) Right. You know what? I would edit for free. (laughs) If someone sent that to me, I would edit that for free.
0: Yeah, and we could and we could post it somewhere. Yeah, that would be cool. All right, I'd be
1: down. You hear that community? That's right, get to work. Gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> you know where somebody could run a one-sheet like that? Gen Con?
0: Gen Con? Yes. So, Holy segues, Batman. Oh, yeah, you are the master of segways. It's what I it's, do. I've, I've been impressed by the past three episodes, or two episodes, I should say. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, uh, Pinnacle had announced their plans for Gen Con. They are doing, this is something new for, the, for this year. They're actually going to do two one-hour blocks back-to-back. At Gen Con. Uh, So every every Gen Con, for those of you who don't know, they do a sort of State of the Savage Worlds thing uh, seminar. seminar, Right, exactly. And and, uh, they have licensees as well as themselves talking about what they're working on and what's coming up for the next year and stuff like that. What they're doing is they're splitting that time into two one-hour blocks. The first one is going to be Pinnacle uh, specifically. And then the second hour is going to be in the same room immediately after with all the licensees. So the licensees will have a dedicated one-hour block to talk about their stuff. So if you're going to GenCon and that's great, you're going to be there. Um, a, that's going to be pretty awesome. B, please record it and put it up on YouTube as soon as you can.
1: Yeah, and if not YouTube, just you know grab some audio. We're we're cool with audio. Yeah, here. yeah, or even that's uh, the beauty of that's the beauty of of the roleplaying hobby is that audio still works just fine. Right,
0: right. Yeah. You know what we should do? We should ask him to do a live hangout on air. Just set up a camera and then broadcast it. That might be too technical to for these guys. It could be. <laughs> hey, should I mention the, uh, the Hangout on Air that's coming up? Yeah, you should, speaking of which. Yeah, so on Monday, June 15th at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, we are doing a Hangout on Air with the creators of the Six-Gun comic as well as Scott Woodard, who's writing the RPG for Savage Worlds, and Clint Black. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be pretty awesome. We're going to talk to them, uh, get a sense of uh, sort of the history of the comic, how they uh, sort of segued into the RPG, and uh, sort of what their plans are with it. And we're telling Clint that the whole thing starts an hour earlier so we can get his text. Yes, me. that is true. <laughs> Poor Clint. I know. Uh, we we do. Him, we know. do love him. We do love him. So Let's go back
1: to the news. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> So back to the news. Uh, we uh, have Savage Foes of Na'wan is at least ready in PDF form and therefore ready for a full-on pre-order where you immediately get the PDF. This is neat because it stats out the denizens of Naewon, uh, Lankmar in specific, and most importantly, in my opinion, is it's got the Adventure Generator stuff in it. That's right. So so this is going to be the third book in the series. And and you're now ready to to really run with this thing and, and run a campaign and, and go nuts between the tales in the second book and the adventure generator and all the the awesome foes as it were that are in the savage foes of Naewon,
0: It's time. It's ready to to run your Lockmore campaign, Christian. Yes. Yeah. I actually got in on that uh, giant bundle for the uh, hardcovers, no less, and uh, the pre-orders for the hardcovers. So I am sweet. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. I think they're still offering the bundle. I don't know for how long. So if you're listening to this, go check out the Pinnacle store, see if it's still available, and jump on it. because the,
1: I say hurry up because it could be any minute. It could minute be any minute that they'll take it down,
0: yeah. Based on when you're listening. Any That's minute. right. That's right.
1: Or gone. It could, it could be, be
0: gone. gone for all we know. You may have missed That's it. That's right. Um, if you did do a previous pre-order, uh, they do have an option where you can email them. Uh, there's an email address on their website. That details the instructions for that. We're going to call that the Ron option. The Ron option, exactly. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And, then, and then you can upgrade your, your bundle uh, pretty easily. So so um, there's a lot of gamer pop culture stuff going on lately. Ron, have you seen, tell me you've seen Mad Max, Fury Road. Mad Max? Fury Road. The Fury Road? No, I haven't. It's probably a good thing, too, because if you did watch Mad Max Fury Road, your Ushani syndrome would kick in.
1: <laughs> that's what I keep yeah. hearing like I really want to see you'd it. <laughs> be
0: just combing through a copy of Deadlands Hell on Earth and whatever other post-apocalyptic Savage World stuff that's out there including this pretty cool blog post over on Level 27 Geek and uh, this is at uh, level27geek.blogspot.com uh, Fred Bednarski is the author and he wrote up an interesting uh, sort of revamp or I guess maybe an augmentation of the Savage Worlds Deluxe Chase Rules to accommodate that style of chase plus combat. So I am
1: one of the six or seven people that loved the old chase (laughs) rules in Savage Worlds. (laughs) And I used them a lot. I mean I had a they were a showcase for me for savage worlds and and I got a lot of people into Savage worlds because of those chase rules in part really and so when the yeah, so if you run them well they 're really, really, really cool. Uh, what it looks like this guy's done is basically reincorporated some of the old chase rules into the new chase rules to give a little more. Um, I think verisimilitude is probably the right word to what would be going on in a
0: road warrior type situation. Right. Yeah. And uh, and I don't know if it's if it was intentional for him to borrow from the old chase rules or not. Uh, he definitely makes a lot of heavy references to the deluxe chase rules throughout this uh Throughout this post, but it's it's pretty interesting, and, and uh, he just makes some modifications to them. So, for example, the type of card you draw doesn't necessarily dictate position. He has a different mechanism for dictating position. He do, he runs the whole thing on a, a six by one inch grid, and you basically are doing relative positioning of the vehicles, and then of course you know the characters can interact based on position,
1: and that's the part
0: that really feels a lot like the old chase rules. Okay. Yeah, I'm not that familiar with yeah. the old Chase rules myself, so I'm going to trust right. you on that one. But yeah, this is this is uh, this looks like a fun post to go through and, and sort of get a sense of how you might be able to do something similar. There's some really good conversations going on in the uh, in the comments as well. People giving some good feedback and you know bouncing ideas back and forth. Definitely check out the comments there drop your own comments and suggestions and, and feedback and uh heck even give it a shot and and maybe share your your results on the google plus community or on the forums even or even on the comments uh, on the blog post uh, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how people use this and how it works for them yeah definitely i i want to test it out
1: just to see if you know having some of those elements back makes it more interesting for me yeah um in my games so really cool yeah
0: I think that actually wraps it up for us. Yeah, pretty much. So uh, thank you for listening. Uh, Be sure to subscribe to our podcast. Check us out on www.savagebloggers.net. We have all sorts of links there to YouTube channels, hangouts on airs, Twitter accounts, Google Plus, Google Plus Community. Lots of stuff there. Go check it all out. All the links are there ready and waiting for you to click on them. And uh, whatever you do until next time, keep it fast, furious, and fun. Good night. Good night just like i got a
1: new i need a new campaign dude i need a new campaign campaign. (laughs) it's a sickness it's a sickness it is but i'm downright sorry that was bad